Hi, this is Laura Lee Griffin. And this is Nikki May with the Stardust Society, inspiring you to stop getting in your own way and start building an art biz and life that you love. We are artists who believe strongly in the power of community, accountability, following your intuition, taking small, actionable steps, and breaking down the barriers of fear and procrastination that keep you stuck. Follow along with us on our creative business journey as we encourage you on yours. A few episodes ago, we introduced you to print-on-demand marketplaces, specifically Society6 and Spoonflower. Today, we're excited to introduce you to Ashley Beasley of Prezuti Design. Ashley is a surface design artist based in Houston, Texas, with a focus on repeat patterns, stationery, and print-on-demand. She believes in keeping things fun and authentic and sharing how she juggles working full-time, being a new mom, and keeping up with her passion for design. Since she started participating in weekly Spoonflower Design Challenges in 2020, Ashley has already had 19 designs land in the top 50 and made over 200 sales. She's also participated in minted challenges and has won seven of their challenges. It's proof that you can succeed in a market that we really tend to think is already oversaturated. Ashley, welcome to the Start of Society. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be here and get to share my experience and hopefully encourage a lot of new people starting. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Um, We'd like to start off our interviews by getting to hear a little bit about your Stardust story. Can you share with us your journey and how you came to where you are today? Yes, it is actually a very long journey, but I think it's important for people, especially starting out, to know that it's not always quick and easy. So (laughs) um, (laughs) hopefully sharing all the years of my uh, fails and trials will kind of help, you know, encourage people to keep going. So I actually started a very long time ago. I went to the Art Institute of Houston in 2008. Uh, So I've been using Adobe programs for a very long time. And I graduated with a degree in graphic design in 2011. And immediately following that, I actually was contacted um, by a company to come work for them. Mm -hmm. as a graphic designer. And um, I actually still work there today. So I've been there nearly 10 years as a corporate designer. Yeah, 10 years is a a good long time. I had a 10-year corporate design stint too. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely learn a lot working in the corporate world. Um, And actually, when I started working there, I had no idea about anything. I was really inexperienced. I mean, Obviously, I knew how to use programs, but I didn't know like anything else outside of just my little bubble of graphic design. And I learned what surface design was there because there was a department who actually made repeat patterns. And I was Hmm. amazed. (laughs) I had no idea (laughs) that you could be paid to do that. Um, And so I didn't work in that department, but I definitely like pushed myself into (laughs) their projects whenever I could. I was like, hey, you know, if you ever need any help or if I can design (laughs) something for you. And a few years later, they gave in and they let me create some patterns for bags that were actually sold in stores. So awesome. Oh, cool. Yes. From that very moment, I was like absolutely in love with the idea of pattern design. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world being able to see your artwork come to life on a product. So I was instantly, you know, I wanted to do that, but I didn't think I could ever do that on my own. I thought, well, you need to work in a corporate place like I already am doing to even have that opportunity. Right. So I didn't pursue it. So this was like, I learned what it was in 2012 and I had my design on the bag and it was 2014 or 15. And then I I never did anything with it (laughs) on my own. So (laughs) I actually got like an itch to do my own design work. And I was like, you know, I'm going to open an Etsy shop and I'm just going to make prints and little downloadable things and invitations. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't have like any kind of game plan. I just was like, I'm just going to come up with random stuff. A little something on the side. (laughs) Yeah, it was just a little side gig for fun. And I thought maybe I could make a few bucks here and there. And I did make a few bucks here and there. But I mean, you know. Back then, I didn't know what I was doing. I was undercharging like a lot of people do when they start out. (laughs) 
Definitely. <laughs> so it was all going well. You know, it wasn't anything that I thought like, oh, this is going to be a big business. Um, I'm just having fun doing it. And then one day I had a really bad client <laughs> and she wanted a logo. And, uh-huh. you know, I was like, oh, here, it's like a hundred bucks and there's no contract uh-huh. involved. And <laughs> you already know where that's going. <laughs> so uh-huh. it was really bad. Um and the person kind of like pushed me around for a really long time because I didn't want to get a one star review. And in, in that moment, I felt like defeated. I was like, OK, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not good at this. And so I put my shop on vacation mode for about a year mm-hmm. or maybe even longer. And so, you know, then I started getting, you know, the passion to do like artistic stuff again. It was really just like I was like, oh, I want to become Instagram famous. I'm like, I'm going to do hand lettering. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't just become Instagram famous. I'm still not Instagram famous. Um, but Wait, so you, you don't just decide to become famous and become famous. I know you would think that <laughs> that's what we're doing wrong, Laura. <laughs> I just can't believe it doesn't work that way. I know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, never, never got famous instantly. Um I did everything under the sun that you can think of. I was like, oh, one day I'm a hand letterer and the next day I'm a watercolor artist and the next day I'm a wedding stationer and the next day I'm, I'm all about branding. Um, and so I, you know, all over the place, honestly. And, right. and it was because I was suppressing my passion for pattern design. That's really what I wanted to do. And I just didn't think that there was any room for it. So let's skip ahead a little bit. So the year's 2019. I'm all in on branding. And then... um, Is that mostly what you do in your corporate job? um, In my corporate job, it's really, yeah, it was a lot of like uh, marketing materials. So like catalogs and hang tags and like consumer facing stuff like on the the shelf in the store. Um, Yeah, corporate branding kind of stuff. Gotcha. So in my business in 2019, I was doing branding stuff and I was... I spent like pretty much the whole year, like setting up my website for branding and all this stuff. And then in July or August, I found out I was pregnant. And so I was really excited. And then I was like, oh no, like I feel so tired. Like what, what happens if I never stop being tired? (laughs) Like, well, (laughs) will I be able to do like such high demand client work? Like that sounds really scary. So yeah. I was like, you know, I really I just want to do artwork that I can do for myself and maybe do like get some passive income from it and not have to mm-hmm. worry about constantly creating client work on like in the moment. So I at the time was following Jenna Rainey and she had just released her brand plus brand course. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, she's talking about exactly what I want to do. Yeah. <laughs> she puts her artwork onto products and she gets money after the fact. So. I decided to take that class and I was like, okay, well, it's totally possible. Like you can do it. So Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm just not even going to worry about like making money in the moment. I'm going to make art and I'm going to try to sell it, whether it is on print on demand or eventually licensing. So I started, um, I made a few little patterns and I didn't know what to do with them. And then I realized (laughs) I really wanted to make a baby blanket. So I came up with a design for my son, um, his little a wolf pattern with moons. It's actually in my shop. And um, I asked my mom, hey, if I find some fabric, a way to print it, will you sew it for me? And she said, yeah, of course, because I don't know how to sew. (laughs) (laughs) So I Googled, I guess, I don't even remember the exact words, but how to print your own fabric, probably. And Spoonflower popped up. Right. This wasn't the first time I'd heard of Spoonflower. I've seen it before and I didn't really know how legit it was. Um, but, you know, there's so many designs on there. I was like, well, it has to be legit. I'm, why would people right. just be uploading all their artwork constantly if they weren't getting paid for it? So I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it. Either way, I want my blanket. So I'm at least going to upload what I can. Mm-hmm. So I had my baby blanket design and then I had three other patterns in an assortment of colorways and I uploaded them and I got my swatch sampler. So for those of you who don't know, whenever you want to sell your patterns on Spoonflower, you have to order a sample first. So mm-hmm. having a swatch sampler or a filly yard is a good way to do that and save money. So I just uploaded, I think it was, you know, 28 designs maybe. 
And um, I was like, you know what? Um, okay, let's let's get them for sale. It took me like a month to hit the order button. I was really nervous. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Should I do it? Is it gonna is it gonna work out? Am I wasting my money on this? And no one's ever gonna buy them. And um, but it all worked out. So I got my my blanket in. My mom sewed it for me. I loved the material. I thought it was really great quality. Um, and I was just so impressed by having this design um, in my hands and seeing my other designs in my shop, it was really just like spark something in me. And even before I, I ordered them, like I just kept being like pulled to Spoonflower. I was like, just do it, just do it. So it was like this gut instinct telling me like just to get on Spoonflower or just to get started. And I felt really good about it. And I think, you know, having a good mindset to start with is really like half of people's success. It's like, you don't want to go into something like <laughs> feeling bad about it. You want to feel good about it. And I felt good mm -hmm. from the beginning and it's um, done really well for me. And I even have some updated stats for you. I just checked yesterday. Ooh, tell us. For 2021 alone, I made mm -hmm. 400 sales exactly yesterday. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. So 610. That's more than a sale a day. <laughs> yeah. So it's really exciting. Well, and especially since, um, like we mentioned at the beginning of this episode, a lot of people think that Spoonflower is super saturated, right? Like there's no room for anybody new to come in. You just started this in the last, like, what, two years? Mm -hmm. And and to see what has blossomed and how many sales that you've had is so incredibly encouraging, right? Yes, definitely. Um, you know, I I started it just hoping that I would make back the money that I spent on that first uh, sample of designs. Like, so I was like, all right, I just need to make, you know, 20 sales <laughs> and I'll at least have earned back what I spent on it. So mm -hmm. knowing that I spent or earned a lot more. It was a big success for me, even though, you know, I'm not a six figure spoon flower earner. There's plenty of people who, you know, they make like $10,000 in a month. You know, I'm definitely not there yet, but it's still really successful in my eyes, just knowing that I've made it this far. Well, and that's one of the reasons that we think you're perfect to interview for this, Ashley, because our whole thing with our podcast and everything that we do is, you know, we're not the big six-figure artists either. We're all about how do you get started and then how do you take the next best step? And we'd love to have some people who have, quote, you know, made it huge, but we also like to have people on the podcast who are just starting to find their legs and getting some success in it. And you're perfect for that because you're actually doing everything that we talk about doing on this podcast. Oh, thank you. That makes me feel good because I feel the same way. You know, when you hear someone that's making six figures, like that's really cool and it's really encouraging. But at the same time, when you're just starting out, it's super overwhelming. So mm -hmm. it's nice to get like that middle ground and the people starting out. Yeah, it's more relatable. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So we're interested in your whole story. But like Laura said, we introduced in our last few episodes about um print-on-demand marketplaces, Spoonflower, and Society6 especially. And so we're really interested in your Spoonflower experience. Tell us everything. Tell us about, <laughs> um, you know, we that's how you got started. But then how did you start doing the the contests and how did you get found in those? And yeah. So, um, I actually wrote a blog on this and it's funny because like my website, I don't think it's any traffic except for my three Spoonflower blogs. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I wrote a blog called how I made 200 sales and Spoonflower in one year. Um, and basically I'll just kind of tell you about that. Um, cause that's really the story. Um, yeah. so, I uploaded those first designs I told you about. And then I was kind of like, well, now what do I do? Like, I don't know. Do I just keep making designs that I like? Do I do I need to figure out what other people are liking? Um, and so I was just kind of browsing Spoonflower's website and just trying to get myself familiar with their platform and, you know, what kind of designs are out there. And I noticed that they had design challenges. And I was like, oh, well, that's really cool. And I'm the type of person who works a lot better under pressure. <laughs> same, same. I am too. I need a deadline. Um, you know, it's the same at, at my day job. Like if there's no deadline on a project, I'm going to, I'm just going to take my sweet time doing it. So it's like, but if they're like, we need it tomorrow, like I'll get it done tomorrow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, well, this is perfect accountability. Um, you know, there's a week in between each challenge and, you know, they, they put a couple of them up there in advance. So you can see about four or five of them at a time. 
And it's nice that it's only one a week. So you can submit like in advance, but you don't have to worry about like, oh, well, two of them are due on the same day. So you don't have to like mm-hmm. fight with that or anything. Um, and do you submit just one design or can you submit more than one? It's only one design. So okay. you just have to pick your best one <laughs> that goes with yeah. it. No, that's good. And uh People are very serious in design challenges. I'm a part of a Facebook group called Spoonflower Fans, and I will tell you the people in there take it very seriously. (laughs) Um, It's like if you made this pattern like three months ago and then the challenge is announced, people be like, hey, I've seen that pattern before. (laughs) This wasn't brand new for this challenge. So (laughs) definitely. But it's not a requirement that it has to be, right? It just has to fit the challenge. They say that it should be new because the whole reason for the challenges is that they're looking for fresh new designs. So if you're like picking a design that's been up for sale for a year, you know, gotcha. um, I mean, I don't know if anyone's really going to take it down, but <laughs> I try to follow the rules. So I like to make brand new stuff that I haven't had for sale yet. Um, and actually, my very first challenge, I didn't do this rule because I didn't understand. And I was like, oh, well, I have one of these patterns i'm just going to recolor it to fit this challenge and i placed uh it was like 150 or something out of like 800 i don't remember the exact number but i was really surprised i was like wow that did a lot better than i thought i was expecting like one vote going to be like 900th place (laughs) so well and then did you do anything to help did you share it and to try to help get votes did you have a big following that was voting for you or no. So I absolutely have like zero following that cares about my patterns. <laughs> and <laughs> well, I was come on, just, you've got at least two right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now I have more, but at the time starting out, like I know I have absolutely no following, which is why print on demand is such a great thing for people right. like me who don't have an audience. But I did. I shared on my social media like, hey, I submitted to Spoonflowers Challenge. Go ahead and vote for me. And P.S. You can vote for as many designs as you like, which is nice. So you don't have to feel like you're like bribing people into voting for you. Right. But, you know, they make it really hard because they don't want to play favorites. So like it's not like you can just go directly to mine and vote for it. You got to scroll through a thousand designs and find mine. So, you know, I'll, I'll announce it, but I don't really know how many people are going out of their way give me a vote. So that's why I don't think voting's rigged. I've heard people be like, oh, it's a favorite scam. But I'm like, I can guarantee you I don't have like 100 friends going and voting for me every single time. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I did. I did pretty good that first time. Um, And then I was like, well, I'm going to do another one. And, you know, I did a little worse that time. I mean, it was still pretty good. It was like 200th place, I think, out of like 800 something. And I didn't even follow the brief that well um, because it was supposed to be like animals (laughs) and florals and I just did florals. So um, I was like, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to just kind of like take a break from it and kind of think about it. And then there was a challenge coming up for the the nugget comfort. It's like this kid's um, couch. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that's just like the coolest thing in the world. Like I would love for my pattern to be on that. And so I did a pattern. I was like, oh, I don't think anyone's going to vote for this. (laughs) (laughs) at all I just like this is just too out there and there was like over 1100 entries and I made it into the top 50 with a tie at 51 and I was just like wow I can't believe that many people voted for me and and it was like not my friends or anything it was like strangers that's super encouraging definitely very encouraging Um, it ended up being a really good seller for uh, a long time and I couldn't believe it because it, it's like a, just a really abstract painterly kind of pattern. And I was surprised. I was like, wow, I just didn't think anyone liked that. <laughs> and that was like my first sale. I had one sale before that. And it, like, it was like a test watch. I made 50 cents and I was so excited. And then <laughs> and then I started getting sales on that. And I, it was actually like right when I had my son, I was in the hospital, like a uh, recovery room. <laughs> And I was just like, okay, I'm gonna check my phone. And I was like telling my husband, I was like, oh my gosh, I just made six sales. And he was like, what? And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, you know, I'm all excited about my baby. And I'm over here, like, also really excited <laughs> about this other design baby that I have. And I just, I couldn't believe it. So I was like, there was so much to celebrate that. Day. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll never forget that moment. And then I made like a, someone bought 25 yards of that fabric. And I was just like, Ooh. wow, there, there is something to be said here like yeah. you know, people people are buying fabric on this website and like 
in larger quantities. And so I decided to just participate in more challenges. And, you know, I always did well. So even if I didn't place in the top 50, which you can have ties, so there can be more than 50. Um, mm-hmm. I still always did really well. Like people are liking my stuff or they're you know, saving it to a collection. And that's really what you're wanting is just to get your stuff out there in front of people. Mm-hmm. And even if, yeah, you don't place in the top 50, the people who are liking it, they genuinely like it. Like they will probably yeah. come back and buy it eventually. So definitely don't be discouraged if you aren't placing well, even if you place, you know, 600 or 700, if people are liking it, just that's all you need. And how many challenges have you done so far, Ashley? I probably did one every other week in the year 2020. And then for 2021, I I did a lot less of them. Now, one of the things I think is true, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but if you place in the top 50, then you don't actually have to order a swatch in order to sell it. Is that correct? Yes, that's true. So they, um, you get a monetary prize for first, second, and third, and I think even up to 10th place, you get a monetary prize. And then everything else in the top 50, including ties, it's just automatically for sale. That's a nice little benefit. Yeah, it is. And so definitely, you know, if you're starting out and you're worried about ordering the samples because you're not sure if things are going to sell, mm-hmm. just if you start participating in, in design challenges and you do well, then there you go. Like <laughs> that's already for sale. You didn't have to order anything. And it's not like Etsy where it looks bad if you only have one design in your shop. People aren't looking at your shop, really. They're just looking at the design. So you don't right. need to fill your shop with tons of stuff. It's a good way to get started. Okay. That's also very encouraging. So don't feel like you can't start with one or two designs. Yes, exactly. Um, I would say if you are starting small, then the design challenges are the way to go because that's how people are really going to find you. Um, yeah. You know, otherwise, I think you would need to fill your shop with a lot of things. Um, right. Well, let's also talk about other ways that you can get found. Do you pay attention to what you title the things? Um, Do you use a lot of tags uh, or specific kinds of tags? Yes. So when you upload your design, you want to give it a really good descriptive title. So I would do something that actually explains what the design is. So I wouldn't I wouldn't name it anything weird. Not just a cute, clever name. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Um, I did that in the very beginning, and then I actually went back and like updated a lot of things. Um, and then okay. you get 13 keywords, and you want to use them all. They want to be descriptive. Um, you know, what's in the design, what colors the design, what style is it? Mm-hmm. And then there's a place for an additional description, like actually like two places. There's like a mini description and then a detailed description. And mm-hmm. I usually never do the more detailed description. I don't think it really does anything. <laughs> as long um, as so, you get your keywords in the short one and the title and everything. Yeah, I think that's good enough. Um, yeah. You know, definitely. if It's not like people read. <laughs> no, I don't think so. And like, you know, I don't know like how great their website is at like SEO, but I would think if it's already in the other places and I think it's okay. Right. So you mentioned that you got in the top 50, you started doing more of the challenges. So did you start seeing an uptick immediately on sales because of those challenges, you think? Yes. So everything that I had a lot of sales in was most likely from a design challenge. Um, So it's not to say that you can't make sales from other things, but the fact that I was submitting it and getting it in front of eyes and people were liking it, those are the things that were selling. And then you can make collections so you can add it to a collection with other things that are similar. Um, and that also helps people to find your designs, but definitely everything that I had a lot of sales in is because of design challenges. And that's why I decided to focus on those. So speaking of collections, so I know that on Spoonflower, you can group things into collections that are, are similar. Um, but that's kind of not used the same, not really used the same way as we talk about fabric collections um, where you have coordinating patterns. Do you do that sort of collection or are most of yours sort of one offs? I kind of do a mix of both. So I don't really have like a ton of full pattern collections, but mm-hmm. I've I've started more recently adding more of those. So I do have both 
you know, collections of here's like something that just goes together. And then I have random things like here's animals. So anything that's animal related or here's your Mm -hmm. fruits or here's your stripes or your dots. Um, You know, you can go both ways with it. People, they're looking for one thing. They just want to see what else goes with it or what else you have in there. So I don't think there's any perfect way to make a collection. Do you think people purchase your patterns together? Do people buy multiple styles like to make quilts or do do they mostly just do one offs? You know, this is a really interesting question because honestly, I'd like to know myself. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of my purchases are from guest users, which I find really interesting. So I don't know if it's people who like they don't want to be found or they just randomly stumbled upon Spoonflower. I have no idea. Um, I definitely can see some people who have username accounts, but whenever I get a purchase, it is always like one thing at a time. At least that's how it is for me. Um, I found that too for myself. I don't have nearly as many sales as you do, but it's all, it's all random people just buying one thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I have noticed a couple names come back, but it doesn't seem like anything that's consistent. So I don't think that they're using it for the same thing. And interesting. Yeah. So a lot of times I never know what people are creating with it. And I even like added to my my little shop profile, like, oh, I'd love to see it. Like, here's my Instagram. And I have an automated message that goes out. And I was really worried if it was annoying. But literally just two days ago, someone responded to it and they were like, Hey, I just want to let you know how much I love your automated message because there's like, there's no pressure because you told me it was automated, but it was still really friendly. And I was like, okay, well, that makes me feel good. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) That's nice. So maybe she'll share with me what she decides to create. But, you know, just recently I have seen a few people share on Instagram um, and like, you know, someone they, they made a really cute little plush doll from it and someone else was she just sent me a picture through Instagram message. She doesn't use Instagram, but she was like, oh, I made you know rocking chair cover for my little nephew. And so it's, it is nice. Sometimes I get to see what they're doing. But for the most part, I have no idea. Yeah. But you know that your creativity is inspiring somebody else to be creative, which I think is really cool. I know that's like the the best part about it is that like, not only am I doing this for fun for myself, but just knowing that other people are having fun with it, too, is just mm-hmm. really great. Yeah. Okay, so I want to ask a couple technical questions. So one of those, when you create your patterns, are you using Procreate, Illustrator, or Photoshop? What what kind of software do you use? I use a combination of Procreate and Illustrator. So pretty much everything I do, I draw in Procreate as like really simple graphics that I can take into Adobe Illustrator and then easily vectorize. And then I just rebuild everything from there. So like... If I have a dog with spots, like the dog and the spots would be separate and I would color them and like replace them together to Mm -hmm. make my little image. And then I build the repeat in Illustrator, color it all in there. Um, So the majority of it it is really done in Illustrator, but the but the meat of it's done in Procreate. Drawing the motifs. Yes. Um, And I find that I just have a lot more control that way. Um, and I like to be able to easily change colors. And that's why I love vector so much. You know, initially, I really wanted to do like watercolor art, and even digital watercolor. That's what my the initial baby blanket was, was just a gray digital watercolor. But you know, that's like, a lot more goes into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you have stuff like that, yeah. either you have to do it in Photoshop, which I know how to use, but I don't like doing it for patterns. Or I don't really necessarily like to have to vectorize something that's supposed to look like watercolor. Um, There's nothing wrong with that. Just I personally would rather just be solid at that point. So that's what all my artwork is pretty much just solid blocks of color. Um, Yeah. Have you ever tried the new Illustrator for the iPad? And then that way you're still drawing on the iPad, but going straight to vector? I have tried that and I don't have the patience for it yet. Like (laughs) I was using it and it's just not as, I guess, intuitive or I'm so used to using the functions of the back and the taps and stuff. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? Just screw this. I'm (laughs) taking it into the illustrator (laughs) (laughs) on the computer. I've tried that just a little bit, too, but I just feel like it's so much easier to draw and procreate than it is to draw starting with vectors. Yeah, it feels a lot more natural to me. I feel like I'm drawing on paper rather than 
I don't know, Illustrator, it feels like I'm using a tool. So yes, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Absolutely. Have you ever uploaded a pattern to Spoonflower and then had a problem with the repeat? No, I haven't. Um, and, you know, probably maybe the first time I did because I didn't maybe understand. But otherwise, I've never seemed to have a problem with it. Um, you know, making sure that whenever you export, your art is bleeding over the edges so you don't get that white line. I know mm -hmm. that's a big issue for a lot of people starting out is they don't understand where that line's coming from. And it's mm -hmm. just important that every little pixel's covered. So make sure you bleed over the edges. Um, and then Spoonflower also, you're uploading the repeat itself. So I've seen a couple people message me like they're confused and don't understand. And they were uploading like a big swatch rather than the repeat. Yeah. And I was, yeah. so like one time I was like, can you send me a picture of what you're doing? Because I don't understand how this is happening. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you're, you didn't do the yeah. repeat. So um, just knowing those two things alone will really help you on the technical side when you're uploading. And then a lot of it's trial and error. So, you know, definitely just start with one. Make sure you got it down before you go trying to upload like 20 designs and realize that you got them all wrong. But actually having them force you to have them printed sometimes can help you find an error in your repeat before you sell it to somebody. I had one really complex pattern that there was a mistake and I didn't see it until it was printed. Yes, that's very true. There was even one time where I somehow forgot to bleed my background and there was a line in it and I was like super embarrassed. <laughs> but the, uh, <laughs> the print technician, I guess, noticed it. And emailed mm -hmm. me and they're like, hey, there's a line in here. Can you fix it? And I was like, wow, oh, that's great <laughs> that they caught it before it went out there. Yeah. So that was really awesome. nice. And I was like nervous. I was like, oh, my gosh, is this like printed before? And I was like going back and looking. And I don't think anyone ordered that colorway yet, but they had ordered that design in other colorways. So then I had to like go back and check them all and they were fine. So I don't know what happened that one moment. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, definitely, you know, slow and steady. Double check everything. Be careful about what you're uploading. <laughs> Now, do you have customers reach out to you that say, I love this pattern, Ashley, but can you change the size of it? Can you make the pattern bigger or smaller and scale it? Change the color. Yes. So I'm totally cool with a scale adjustment because I plan on uploading things in multiple scales anyways. And sometimes I just don't get around to it. So if someone does want smaller or big, bigger scale, I'll just go ahead and do that for them. And I'll just end up uploading, you know, all the other sizes that I didn't. And then I'll send them all to them. Like, there you go. Now you now you have like four to choose from. Um, and when it comes to colors, that's that's where things get a little different. Um, it's one thing if it's like a one color print and someone says, I want this exact hex code. Like, OK, that's, you know, fair enough. But if it's like I want this whole thing totally recolored, then you know, you're talking a whole new design here. <laughs> so definitely something I can do for them. And I'd be happy to. But at that point, like, I don't know what they're looking for. So it would be like a side conversation, like I'm going to charge you for my time to have to recolor all this stuff. There was one time starting out, I did it for someone for free. And it actually worked out just fine. She wasn't picky or anything. She was like honest with me from the beginning. She was like, look, I only want a yard of this, but I just wish it was green. And she didn't have any like specific green. She was like, I want it to be like a forest hunter green. And so I was like, well, I'll upload something and what I think looks good. But if you want it like in another color way beyond that, like I'm going to have to charge you for it separately. And she ended up liking the color I did. So that's really smart because a lot of times people will say, oh, I wish this was in this color or this scale and you change something and they never buy it. So yeah, definitely anytime somebody asks you for custom work, I would definitely say, I would be happy to do that for you. It will cost this or pay in advance. <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't recommend doing anything for free. You know, I was just like excited yeah. and being nice and it ended up working out fine. But there was another instance, I think, where someone wanted something totally different. And I was like, mm, no, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to pay me for it. And then no one wants to pay, you know, because sometimes it'll be mm -hmm. like, oh, well, someone else did it for me for free. And it's like, well, great for them, but I'm not. So, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think if it's something that if it's something that was a good suggestion that you're like, oh, I kind of wish I'd thought about that, or maybe I would have done that anyway, then there's no problem. But if it's something custom for somebody that 
Exactly. You know? you know, and I actually really liked the color that she wanted. And it's funny, um, just for Christmas, I got that design. It was my fishing design, like a lake house theme. And I got it printed on a blanket mm-hmm. through Society6, another print on demand for mm-hmm. my father-in-law. So <laughs> I liked her color idea making it green. So it worked out for me too. <laughs> I used it. Cool. So when it comes to scale, do you normally upload things, Ashley, at a really high resolution so that then you can scale it up or down um, when people do ask? Or do you upload it separately every time? I absolutely upload everything separately. I don't know what that function is problem is. <laughs> but the, in the very beginning... It is a bit confusing. <laughs> I, you know, the very beginning, I uploaded designs at 300 DPI and, you know, it has that smaller function. I, I don't trust it. I just don't. I don't think, you know, other people might have perfectly, you know, good experiences with it, but I don't trust it. And I don't think anyone else should either. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> and I say this because one, one of my designs is, is totally fine repeat I uploaded it at 300 and then all of a sudden I realized, I don't know if it was just the website itself glitching, but it, it messed up the scale. Like it didn't scale it proportionately. And like the design was cut off. Like when you look at like a yard view mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, like was, is this like how it's actually printing? I got really nervous. So I went back into my file and I, I made sure it was that same size. So I had to like, you know, get out the rulers and like, look and, I exported it at 150, which is what they really suggest you do. Mm-hmm. And I will export everything at 150 at the size I want. So that is going to be the 100% size you get. So if you want your dot to be five inches, then make it five inches at 150 DPI and it'll be five inches. <laughs> okay. And so that makes sense. That just avoids any possibility for that getting screwed up. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it might've just been like an error on the screen, but I don't trust it. So I do yeah. that. And then, you know, when someone does come back and they say, Hey, could you make this scale like 50% smaller? And I already can see what it looks like. I can just go into my file. I already know exactly what scale I have that at. I don't have to remember, like, did I downsize this at 150 or anything like that? So it's just it's a lot easier for me. I you know have a good workflow now. I set up my files to where I have all the artboards in one file. And I write, like, here's what 100% is and here's what 50% scale is. And so I know exactly like what scale I've already uploaded. So it's just super more organized for me. That's just how I prefer to do it. That makes sense. So when you upload, do you normally upload then at multiple scales? I do. I think it's just easier. Um, I like to have the options, but I definitely don't think it's necessary for you to do, especially starting out. If you're concerned about spending the money on trying to get things sampled. Whenever you win a design challenge or get really good uh, amount of likes or place in the top 50, I would use that as your marker for like, hey, this design has a lot of appeal to people. So I'm going to take this design and I'm going to upload it in all the different scales now. And maybe I'll upload it in multiple colorways because I already know people like the original design. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like a really good starting point. That's a great tip. That way you're not just making a bunch of designs. You don't know if people are even going to like them because I've definitely uploaded tons of things and tons of scales and some of them haven't sold yet. Um, Some of them do, but you know, otherwise like you just don't know exactly what you're getting, but Mm -hmm. everything that has been a design challenge, I've done multiple colorways, multiple scales and they, they sell. So smart. So do you happen to have any other tips on marketing on Spoonflower, Ashley? Um, you know, I think marketing on Spoonflower really just comes down to your your keywords and your descriptions. Because, um, like I said earlier, I don't have a huge fan base. I'm just now starting to reach people on Instagram who are makers and who sew and use fabric. And, you know, that's after like two years of being on Spoonflower. So, right. you know, I guess I'm just not a great marketing person. I don't know. But <laughs> um, <laughs> So, you know, that's that's my future goal is that hopefully I will reach more people and be able to market outside of Spoonflower because otherwise you really are just leaving it up to the website itself. And that's why I think design challenges are the way to go when you're like me starting out, don't have an audience. That's the way to get found. And 
you know, normally the word um, exposure in the design world is just like a, a sin. <laughs> you, you don't ever want to, you, know, you don't ever want to get paid by exposure or anything. But in this case, you need the exposure to even get your stuff seen. So I definitely think yeah. it's good in this yeah. case to just try to participate and get yourself out there. And, you know, I have like three mindsets for design challenges and the first one is to get noticed. So you're like me, you're new, you're starting out. Um, no one knows who you are. No one's seen your artwork. And you just want to participate just to get noticed. You're not trying to like win first prize or anything like that. You're just using it as, you know, I need some ideas. Here's a brief to work on. Here's accountability and people are going to see it. Yeah. And then like the second mindset is, you just, you need to get inspired. So that's why, again, you're using it as the brief and, um, you know, maybe you're kind of like, oh, I'm kind of stuck. I don't know what to create. So, you know, I don't really care how I place or anything like that. Um, and then the third one is to win a top 50. And that's where you might sacrifice your style to make it fit the brief more. So that way people will vote for it more. Like maybe you hate the color palette they're suggesting you use. It's not something you would never do, but you really want to like, try to win top 50. So you're like, you know, I'm going to use this brown color that I hate because that's what they're telling me to use. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, yeah, one of my uh, designs, um, I, I hated the color palette that they suggested. And I was like, well, I'm going to use all three colors in this color palette, even though it's not required to use all three. But that's like what people are looking for, I think, when they go to vote is they're, yeah. they're looking for the one who used all three colors. And, mm -hmm. and I absolutely hated it, but... <laughs> I made it in another color palette that I did like. And about a week ago, it was on Christmas Eve. Someone bought 14 rolls of wallpaper. It was a $100 commission. Wow. Nice. I think they found it because, you know, the original design had a lot of likes on right. it. And they probably clicked, like, let's see more in this collection and found the other colorway or probably, you know, popped up at the bottom somewhere. So... Well, I also want to point out that you say you're not good at marketing or you're whatever, but your first year you made 200 sales. Yes. And your second year yeah. you made 400 sales. So you doubled it in the next year. Yeah, that was my goal. Um, it's funny, though, because when I, I wrote that blog, I felt like really silly writing it. I had like major imposter syndrome. Like <laughs> I was like writing it. And as I was like going to publish it, I was like, what am I doing? Like there's, that's not even one sale a day. And like, I'll be honest, most of those sales were like a single yard. So what you make like a dollar 70 off of that. Um, uh huh. So I was like, Oh man, I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, should I even post this? Like, I feel kind of like stupid, <laughs> but clearly, <laughs> yeah. You know, I kept seeing people be like, Oh, Hey, how many sales did y'all make this year? And people were like, Oh, I made like 10 or 20 or 30. And I was like, okay, well, clearly, you know, there's people who are struggling out there. So like this, this was good. And it was good for me because I initially went into it mm -hmm. hoping to make 20 sales and I published the blog and, um, then it, that blog gets saved all the time on Pinterest. Um, probably like once a day, it's like, wow, there's a lot mm -hmm. of people out here just hoping to make 200 sales. So yeah, I, I did something right. <laughs> yeah. You definitely did something right. <laughs> you need to do a follow-up blog. How I doubled my sales on Spoonflower in one year. You know year. what? That's funny. I was actually just thinking about earlier because I posted um, my 2021 year in review. And I was like, you know what? I should uh -huh. go back to that blog and I should do like a little update at the top of it and be like, P.S. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually done better. So, yeah, that's awesome. Share that thing again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm going to have to do that. And I think you actually have a downloadable guide for surface pattern designers who want to get into Spoonflower, right? I do. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes. So because my blog was shared so much, I realized that people, you know, were really curious about Spoonflower and how to get started. And, you know, it's you can Google and you can go onto Facebook pages. And, you know, definitely I've seen the questions asked a million times elsewhere. So it's not like hidden information or anything, but it's just all in one spot. And it's from my point of view, my perspective. It's really just an inspirational guide, like here are some very um, most frequently asked questions that people ask who they're starting out. Um, here's what I do. Here's what can help you. And then at the end of each little chapter, I have a little homework assignment like, OK, now you do this. <laughs> so it's kind of like um, an actionable 
workbook in a way, but it's really more like an inspirational read to help you get started, answer some of your frequent questions. And it's really like kind of a ticket also to chat with me about it. Um, so I, I write in there like, Hey, definitely email me if you have more questions, like I'd love to add to this book, or I'd love to just chat with you one-on-one. Um, I've had a handful of sales of it and, you know, me being the terrible marketing person I said I was, <laughs> I never advertised it <laughs> besides on my blog, really. Um, so, I mean, the people who did buy it, you know, they just happened to find it. It wasn't from me, like trying to promote it or anything. And I didn't want to promote it because I was like, you know, there's so many things being sold to us surface designers and artists like here's a class Mm -hmm. and there's so much FOMO going on so I was like you know and I'm just gonna like put it out there it's gonna be casual people find it they want it like awesome definitely I want it to be like their own decision that they found it and wanted to buy it um but yeah someone they took advantage of emailing me and they emailed me this like huge long paragraph about like you know, how can I get to where you're at and how do I get started and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I had a really detailed response and she responded back. And so it was just a nice, like knowing that I'm helping someone else who's getting started. And Mm -hmm. it's really cool knowing that they like, think I'm like super successful and they like, (laughs) they want my input and stuff like that. So it's really nice. And I definitely hope to add to it in the future and make it this like really in-depth book that, you know, maybe is more than Spoonflower. Maybe it's like a, a full surface design guide eventually one day. Well, it it looks beautiful. I'm looking at it on your website right now. Thank you. And I mean, obviously it's beautifully designed because you're a designer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. But it looks like it's got a lot of really great info. In fact, um, I might have to click that buy button myself. (laughs) And we will absolutely link to it in our show notes. Well, if you sign up for my newsletter, there is a little coupon code in there. And I'm I'm also terrible about my newsletter, but I do give that. Excellent. So I want to shift gears a little bit, Ashley, and just talk quickly about Minted. Um, Nikki and I don't have any experience on that platform, but I know that you've actually won some challenges there and that you are diving into that. I would love to know what that experience has been like for you so far. So I decided to start Minted. Um, It was the very end of 2020. I uh, opened a shop and well, you can't open a shop. You can create an account (laughs) and start submitting the Mm -hmm. challenges. So there was like one challenge opened at the moment. It was like a graduation challenge and it was the submission deadline was like that night or that next day. And I was like, well, I just want to like understand how this works. So I just like made something really quick, not expecting it to like to win or anything. And I just wanted to like, let me just download the challenge kit, understand how their upload process works and just kind of get my feet into it. And so I did that and I was like, okay, you know, that wasn't too hard. Just they give you the templates um, and you submit everything a certain way. um, And you can see like the critique period and you can comment on people's stuff. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to do this for the next one. And they had the long copy quick fire challenge open, which is for greeting cards. And you had to come up with your own long copy. And so I I don't know how many designs I submitted, maybe 10 of them. Um, So unminted, there's no limit to how many you can submit? Well, not not exactly. So some things don't have limits and other things do like If it's something like a wedding or holiday, they might say you can only submit 15 or 30 things. Um, If you're one of their like prize members, which is called CMYK, you might be exempt from that limit. So there is definitely benefits for being really good on Minted. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But for some things, yeah, there's no submission limits, um, which is really nice because, you know, when you have a lot of ideas, like you don't know what to do. Um, So just Mm kind of do them all and submit them. But definitely, you know, quality over quantity fermented. And I know I submitted stuff that, you know, I thought was cute, but I wasn't like, oh, this is like great. It was still kind of like a learning experience. And I ended up winning like three of those cards. Was it two or three of those? That's awesome. Um, and the very first one they reached out and that we'll do early file request. And they sent me an early file request for one of them. And they were like, hey, we really like your card, but we want to put your copy on someone else's artwork. I was like, oh, that's interesting, but I'll take it, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they're like, we want to sell into Target. And I was like, "Okay, like, I'm definitely not going to argue with that. So (laughs) by all means, put it on whatever artwork you want. Just take it. (laughs) And Uh so 
I was like, wow, I can't believe like basically my first challenge, they wanted to put one of my cards, even though it wasn't my artwork. They still wanted to put my words. That's awesome. That certainly encourages you to enter more challenges, right? It does. Oh, yeah. So it was like that same like fire from when I like, you know, 150 first place in Spoonflower. I was like, oh, my yeah. gosh, I just got to keep doing this. Um, mm-hmm. And I will say Minted is a lot more um, competitive, a lot more. Yeah. I don't, I'm not want to say stressful, but sometimes they'll like pile on the challenges and they'll have like really short deadlines or they're all at once. So then you're like, oh, there's like five challenges I'll do next week. Like, so there's there's no regular weekly schedule like with Spoonflower. No, it's a lot more up in the air. Um, and sometimes it is at like the the mercy of a partnership. Like there's Pottery Barn and. We submitted to that in like June, I think. And they still haven't mm-hmm. even announced the winners to oh, it wow. because they're like waiting on Pottery Barn. Um, and now you can't open a, your own shop on Minted until you've won a challenge. Is that correct? Exactly. Once you win a challenge, you get a store and then you do have the ability to self-launch certain products. Um I'm not really sure if it's totally worth it. I did it for two things. I wanted to buy myself a notebook (laughs) or I wanted to buy notebooks (laughs) as like gifts. So I uploaded a notebook design. It was really easy. Yeah. But then I did like a Christmas card design and it was just a lot more uh, tedious to go through the process of submitting it. Do they have to approve each individual item? Yeah, I think so. Um, it's just really complicated <laughs> setting yeah. it up and all the little certain things they make you do. And then it got like stuck in the processing queue for like weeks. And I was like, is this right? And I had to email them. And they're like, oh, no, that was that was an error. <laughs> <laughs> so it was supposed to go through and it didn't. So I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to like waste my time on self-launching. So things. you're sticking to the challenges? Yes. Um, so I ended up getting a few more greeting card challenges. Um, and then I got like super discouraged because I won like six greeting cards like up front and then I submitted other challenges and I like wasn't getting wins and I was like oh man like this is like a real bummer and then I was like okay I'm just gonna like really try like harder and do a lot better artwork and I really do think my artwork improved a lot but I think it's just like super like they have a certain like kind of style they're looking for or they already have certain things already for sale, so they don't want anything too similar. So, mm-hmm. so there are um, the you know the popularly voted ones get a win, and then the editors they pick the rest of them. So you don't okay. necessarily have to do well with the audience, but the editors need to like your stuff. Um, you can submit all you want, so you don't necessarily know like if you're ever going to get a pick or not. So once you've won a challenge and they're going to sell your product, do they require an exclusive license with Minted? Um, You can't like use that design for anything else. Is that correct? Yes, you have to. The artwork can only be for Minted. And even if you do not win a challenge, they say you can't use it for 90 days because they might still have some random picks like down the road. Um, So, you know, you're not like totally like screwed out of using that artwork, but you kind of are for at least like three months, maybe even longer if it takes them forever. <laughs> they want to give themselves a chance. Yeah. Like sometimes, mm. you know, if it takes them like two months to announce the winners, you're still kind of like, well, you know, just like wait around and see. So, yeah. but otherwise, you know, your artwork doesn't go to waste. So you can always submit it to other competitions elsewhere, your own shop. And that's kind of what I've done. So how do you earn money? Unminted. There's if they make a product of it versus if you sell it in your own shop versus them actually selling it in like a target, you know, if it's one of those types of challenges. So what's really nice is that they pay you up front a flat fee for winning. So even if you don't win like first place, which can have a really good monetary prize, the editor's mm-hmm. pick is usually always around one hundred and fifty dollars. Um, OK, so then you get six um, percent say like for greeting cards, it's six percent um royalty rate um unless it's with a copywriter and an artist like my target card ended up being so i get three percent and then it's the same with target so you get paid based off of the actual sales in target so it doesn't matter if target's carrying like a thousand of your cards if they only sell 200 you're only making the sales in those 200 cards Hmm. but you've also gotten some sort of monetary prize up front yes and then the royalty yeah and they're pretty good about paying it out 
they pay it out, you know, within like a certain time frame. like their challenge rules and the kit that you download, it's really thorough. <laughs> and so it tells you like, you'll get paid this much on this day. And like, here's all the little special prizes that they have. Um, so you even have even more chances to win more money if you win a special prize down the road, which can be like months later. So I think we just have a couple of other questions for you. Um, so I think the first is, are there any questions that we should have asked you? And we didn't. Ooh, let's see. Um, put me on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> we love this question. <laughs> um, trying to think. Um, you know, I definitely think starting like with either anything, any kind of print on demand, whether it's Spoonflower or Minted, you just have to like basically just have fun with it and go in with a good mindset and not be bummed out if you like don't win something. Um, you know, cause like I was saying with minted, there was a lot that I haven't won, but, um, you know, I've, I've won 10 things now cause I just had a couple Valentine wins come through in the past weeks. Um, awesome. But congrats. Thank you. Um, so, you know, whatever it is that you're going into, like, don't look at it as like, you know, you're trying to like make money, get rich quick kind of scheme or anything like that. Um, you know, everything is slow growth and everyone's growth looks different. And some, you know, certain sites work better for other people. I know people have much better success on Society6 rather than Spoonflower or Redbubble other than Society6. So, right. you know, one one size doesn't fit all. So you definitely just kind of have to see what works best for you. Um and, you know, for me, like I have a society six shop and it, it doesn't do that great. <laughs> I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. my mother-in-law is my like biggest shopper on that site. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, every now and then I'll get like a little like deposit of like 13 bucks here and there. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Someone found my stuff. So I think I was my biggest buyer on my society <laughs> six shop when I had one. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's fun just like being able to like buy your artwork yourself and see it Definitely. in person. And sometimes that alone is like encouraging enough to like you know, want to upload your things. Cause like you can buy it yourself and you can give it as gifts. And so that alone is fun. So I say, just go ahead and do that starting out. If you just want to kind of get a feel for what it's like to see your artwork on stuff. Yeah. So I want to know, Ashley, um, what are some of your big influences, favorite artists? Are there any that you're just gaga about? Oh man, there's like a ton of people. Um, so I think my favorite pattern designers um would be someone like Mabel Tan. I love her artwork and I mm-hmm. love all the stuff that she does as well. Um like she is really good about sharing tips and stuff for her audience. She is. She's great about that. Yeah. Yes. So I think she's a really good resource for people starting out. Um obviously Bonnie Christine, you know, she has her mm-hmm. her groups. I'm in the Flourish, which is how I met Laura a long time ago. Um right. And Laura and I met in Bonnie's uh, immersion class. Oh, how funny. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so I think, you know, being a part of groups like that, um, like, you know, the sketch design repeat group, um, I think those Mm -hmm. are just really good resources um, to keep yourself inspired and keep up with, you know, what's happening out in the world. Um, That's at least for pattern design. Um, But, you know, Mm -hmm. for whatever creative group you're in, I think it's really good to just find those groups of people that you can stay inspired by and get to learn from. Absolutely. So Ashley, where can our listeners find you online? So I am online at Prasuti Design, which is my website and my Instagram, P-R-E-S-U-T-T-I Design. Um, it's actually my my maiden name. It confuses people a lot of the time. <laughs> um, but Italian? Yes, it is Italian. Um, it's a good conversation starter for a lot of people. They'll they'll stumble upon me on Instagram and be like, hey, are you Italian? <laughs> and um Parli Italiano? Uh n- no. <laughs> I yeah, I tried a long time ago and I couldn't get bass adverbs. Like I couldn't tell you what an adverb is in English, so <laughs> There's no way I'm learning another language very well. Um, uh, but yeah, that's like my my little thing is I like to, you know, have my little Italian stick, you know, whenever I like talk about how I eat biscottis and stuff. Um, but yeah, that's Yum. that's where you can find me online. My, my, my Spoonflower shop is also Pursue Design. Um, 
because it is an unusual name, it was very easy to secure all the usernames and domains. So yeah, definitely. I know you had an episode on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's unusual, but it's still easy to to pronounce and spell. So that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. well, good. Because a lot of people I know, they can't pronounce it. But you know, when I was originally deciding on what to keep my name as, I was like, you know what? Gucci and Versace didn't even probably consider changing their names. So I'm sticking <laughs> with Prasuti. Right. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today, Ashley. We've so enjoyed this conversation. And I know that our listeners will get so much value from your story and your advice on Spoonflower and Minted. And we're all going to be rearing to go now. Well, thank you so much for having me. And I definitely hope it was encouraging and inspiring for especially new people starting out, but even people who have already dipped their toes into it, hopefully, you know, gives them the motivation to keep going and to, just to keep putting yourself out there. We know that it will definitely be inspiring. To learn more about Ashley and read today's Stardust Society show notes, go to stardustsociety.com slash design. And that's again, E-R-E-S-U-T-T-I design. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we'd love for you to share it with a friend. Sharing helps us reach more stardusts like you and keeps us inspired to create new episodes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.